can't start before the countdown, right? <laughs> Good morning, church. Welcome. Sorry. Good morning. Welcome. We're going to begin our time of worship together as our custom, uh, reading God's word to each other and encouraging each other by it. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to read Hebrews 13, 15 together aloud. Let's read this together. Therefore, through him, let us continually offer up to God a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that confess his name. Do exactly that. We're, we learned a new song last week. We're going to sing it again this week, so uh, please feel free to sing out. Chorus, sing with the redeemed. Christ is risen, he's 
Transition now to a moment of prayer. I invite you to please pray with me. And as we do, I invite all of us to prepare our hearts for our act of worship through giving of our tithes and offerings later in the service. So please join me in prayer. Good morning, Father. We praise you today as holy, holy, holy. You are so infinite. You are so great. You are the creator God. You know everything. You hold time in your hands from eternity past to eternity future. And we thank you that you would look upon us, that you would care about us, that you would send your son Jesus to love us, to die for us, to save us. Thank you that though you are so holy, you let us know you. Well, Lord, this morning we come to you as a local church and we lift up to our core value of meaningful membership. Thank you that you, holy God, have designed this amazing ecosystem of a local church made up of all these different believers. And we thank you for the people you've brought together here at Hebrew Baptist Church, each uniquely gifted and shaped with unique passions and loves and interests. And you've put us together like a puzzle. Thank you, Lord, for the beautiful design of the local church. And we pray that you would use us, that you would allow us to come together in unity and love, that we would look out for each other as a brother or sister has a low moment in life, that you would use others to come around and love that person and pray for that person. Help us, Lord, to serve each other. And together, Lord, let us be a light. Let us be a light for you in this world. Thank you, Lord, for meaningful membership. Father, we pray also for those around the world serving you. This morning, we think of the Richards, this amazing family that you've called out of this local church body to international missions. We thank you for Chris and Rhonda, for their, their girls, Hannah and Kinley, now serving you in Argentina. Thank you, Lord, for their faithfulness, for their steadfast passion for you. We pray that you would bless them now, that you would use them. I pray for Chris as he's in a discipleship group with two other men in his neighborhood. Please bless the times that they meet together. Bless these men to be able to grow in their faith with you. We also pray for a church planting movement to start are there in Argentina where the Richards are. Would you please let local churches to be formed and people to be impacted, lives to be changed. Let people come to you and grow closer to you. 
please bless the Richards. Let them continue uh, to be used mightily for you. Thank you for them. Lord, we pray, uh, thinking more here locally now for, for this church body. We pray for all the things going on in our lives. You know the many needs spoken and unspoken going on. We pray specifically for those who came yesterday to the Easter egg event. Thank you, Lord, for bringing so many people here. We pray for all the visitors who came that you would bless them, that you would bless their lives, their families, their kids, to know more and more of your amazing love. And we pray that for ourselves, Lord. We pray that you would let us know you more and more. With that in mind, Father, we come to you finally in a moment of confession. We confess to you, Lord, that though we want to know you, we have sinned against you. And we ask for your forgiveness. Please forgive us. Wash us clean of the many sins that we have committed against you. And thank you that your response to us has been love. That you've demonstrated that through the cross, through Christ, as he died to pay for our sins and rose again to new life. We pray that you would let us be in him, that we would hide in him and rest in him and continue to worship you through him today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's hear, listen, let's listen just together uh, from the word of God in Isaiah 53 and be, take comfort in what Christ has done. This is Isaiah 53, starting in verse 1. Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him, no appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and we didn't value him. Yet he himself bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains. But we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We all have turned to our own way and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, and like a sheep silent before her shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was taken away because of oppression and judgment. And who considered his fate? For he was cut off from the land of the living. He was struck because of my people's rebellion. He was assigned a grave with the wicked, but he was with a rich man at his death because he had done no violence and had not spoken deceitfully. Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him severely. When you make him a guilt offering, he will see his seed. He will prolong his days, and by his hand the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. After his anguish, he will see light and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will carry their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him the many as a portion, and he will receive the mighty as spoil, because he willingly submitted to death and was counted among the rebels. Yet he bore the sins of many and interceded for the rebels. This is true of us. Those who have trusted in Christ, Jesus has paid the penalty of sin and death. And let's stand to our feet and let's worship him and give thanks for holding us and for dying for us even while we were yet sinners. Oh, 
hallelujahs and, and all the things that we must celebrate. But as we look to a risen king next Sunday, we must look to see why that's important. And today we're going to look at the cross. If you would turn in your copy of God's Word or in your devices to Luke 23, verse 32, it's page 938 in the Pew Bible in front of you. If you want to use that translation, 938. And we're going to look at Luke's account of the death of Jesus. And we're going to look at a couple of events that helped us to see the beauty, the grandeur, the grace, and the love of God that is wrapped in the cross of Christ. So let's begin in verse 32, and we're going to read to verse 49. Two others, criminals, were also led away to be executed with him. When they arrived at the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on the right and one on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, because they do not know what they are doing. And they divided his clothes and cast lots. The people stood watching, and even the leaders were scoffing. He saved others, let him save himself, if this is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also mocked him. They came offering him sour wine and said, If you were the king of the Jews, save yourself. The inscription was above him. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals hanging there began to yell insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other answered, rebuking him. Don't you even fear God since you are undergoing the same punishment? We are punished justly because we're getting back what we deserve for the things we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was noon, about, now about noon. And darkness came over the whole land until three, because the sun's light failed. The curtain of the sanctuary was split down the middle, and Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I entrust my spirit. Saying this, he breathed his last. When the centurion saw what happened, he began to glorify God, saying, This man really was righteous. All the crowds that had gathered for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, went home, striking their chests. But all who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we can't help but be taken aback when we read about your death. We can't be overhelped but be overwhelmed by a flood of emotions. We can't help but maybe inquisitive, wanting to know more. Lord, when we come to these words, we see something gruesome, but in it, you reveal life. So Lord, through your spirit and through your perfect word 
speak to our hearts. And through it, may we leave this place not the same in which we entered, but may we be changed to be more like your son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Why do we wear crosses on our necks? Why do they adorn the bracelets that we wear? Why do they come on the shirts that we own? Why do we have them stickered on the back of our cars? You know, if a first century Roman citizen or any citizen would have come uh, and trance, maybe they came in a DeLorean back to, up to the future and they were wondering what is going on why are these people wearing crosses? They, they would have been aghast to see that we are putting and adoring, adorning ourselves with crosses. To a first century citizen, human, it was the most vile, painful, and horrible punishment that the government could ever hand out. It was it was reserved only for the worst of criminals. To them, and maybe to us, in their culture, they would be so shocked because for us, it would be like wearing an electric chair around our necks. Or maybe putting a sticker of a syringe with chemical death on the back of our cars. That we would celebrate functions of punitive death maybe a t-shirt that we would wear of someone waterboarding someone that would be the same reaction that a first century citizen would have why are they they celebrating this in 1985 the american medical association did a depth in depth blow-by-blow uh, blow account of the physical, medical uh, work of what happens on the cross. It painstakingly painted what the flagellum did in ripping the flesh of Jesus. The pain that would bear on someone to have spikes going through the median nerve of the, of the wrists and being hung from them by the, the pain and torture of the, the lungs, of the respiratory agony, the plural, plural effusions that would occur when someone is hanging on the cross, waiting, struggling to breathe, working itself to death it concluded that it is by far one of the most agonizing ways to die possible. So why do we celebrate the cross? Why do we call ourselves people of the cross? Why do we as Christians celebrate the way of death? Because in it is the most beautiful message of love ever displayed. Because in it we know that we have offended a holy God. 
who must righteously and just go against all sin ever. That we know just by our very thoughts we have been unholy. By our very words we have spoken sin. By our very beings we are people who deserve wrath. But in the cross, the very God in whom we've offended hung and died for our sins. It is where God met perfect righteousness and justice on our behalf that he would die so that we might live. It is in that, that message of love that we celebrate the cross. That we know it is a aspect of God's love that he died for us because we know that for he so loved the world he gave his son that the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life it is in these truths that we know the cross of Christ is a message and a work of love. And as we read through this overview of Jesus' death, we see this message of love that we might come here as a, as a, as because we have to with our family or because we've been invited by a friend or because we've been led by the Spirit to be in church today. When we come to this Message. We see this account. We read the very words of people who watch Jesus die. We see that in it, it is something gruesome. But in it, we see the message of love. We see that people, even in this scene, reject Jesus. But we also see the gift to those who receive Jesus. And in the same way, when we look at the cross, we should be overwhelmed by the love of God. And as I look at these verses, I want you to come with me as we see three things that the cross brings us. Three things the cross brings us. Number one, on the cross, Jesus bestows forgiveness to us. You're writing notes on the bulletin or in your device. On the cross, Jesus bestows forgiveness to us. Luke's account of the crucifixion is very terse, very quick. When we look at the other Gospels, we see much more detail, much more events, much more things that, that happen. But Luke is to the point. He says that they go to the place called the skull. There, there are no uh, gruesome details, but instead we see three specific details in which the events surrounding Jesus' crucifixion. The purpose of these was to fulfill Old Testament prophecy. First, in verse 32, Jesus is crucified between two criminals. He is literally with the transgressors that was prophesied in Isaiah 53, 12. It will read later. Second, in verse 34, the soldiers cast lots to divide his garment. This fulfills what is written in Psalm 22, verse 18. 
Third, in verses 35 through 36, we see that the crowd gathers around Jesus to taunt him. The rulers of the people scoff him. The soldiers jump in, mocking them with their words, offering vinegar to quench his thirst. This all fulfills Psalm 22, 7 through 8, and 16 through 17. Each one of these details might seem just a passing detail and characteristic to see the cruelty of this event, but friends, it's a little further. It is that God is helping us see that he has been planning this merciful, loving event for centuries. That he had prophesied for this to happen. That before the fullness of time, before the world was in existence, God was looking to redeem his people. And so when we see this, we see that the forgiveness and mercy of God has been brewing for centuries to be poured out on us. So in verse 34, we see another striking moment. Jesus cried out, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. This request would have baffled everyone who would have listened in earshot but we, now seeing the events, see that this is just the outpouring of the forgiveness that God was working on the cross. These words from the cross defy any comment, but they may be no clearer picture than the beauty of Jesus. As King Jesus hung on the cross in agony, he was concerned for the souls of his tormentors. They had no idea who they were killing or what they were doing. And so Jesus was seeing their condemnation and damnation piling on themselves, was pleading to the Father on their behalf. Father, they don't know what they're doing. You see, those who were responsible for the crucifixion know what they are doing to Jesus but they do not know what God is doing through Jesus on their cross, praying and making way for their forgiveness. As we saw earlier, Isaiah 53, therefore I will give him a por as many as a portion and he will receive the mighty as a spoil because he willingly submitted to death and was counted among the rebels, yet he bore the sins of many and interceded for the rebels. When Jesus prayed, he prayed for forgiveness. But that forgiveness was won by his work on the cross. It is his actions dying that is paying for their sins actively. It is his death that would happen in several hours that would make forgiveness possible. And yet, in that moment, he was interceding for forgiveness of others. And friends, when we read that Jesus prayed, he prayed for the Roman soldiers, he prayed for the religious leaders, he prayed for the crowd, and in praying for them, he was praying for us. Jesus hanging on the cross and ongoing, was ongoing interceding for sinners. 
His life was interceding for them. His death was interceding for, for sinners. But as we know, as he has gained forgiveness through his death, we know he continues to intercede for us. That he seats, sits at the right hand of the Father, pleading our case, pleading the Father for us. Father, <laughs> when they just lashed out in anger, they don't know what they're doing. Father, when they looked at inappropriate images, they don't know what they are doing. Father, as sinful as they are, they don't know what they are doing. Father, look at me. I have gained forgiveness for them through my life on the cross. Jesus is interceding for us. I don't know if you've ever experienced this or not, but have you ever had one of your parents intercede to the other parent for you? When you, you knew you'd done it, and you knew you were in trouble, and maybe one parent says, okay, look, let me go talk to the other, your, your mom, let me go talk to your dad, let me just let me see what I can do here. We, you made a big mistake, let me see what I can do. Have you ever experienced that? I know I've experienced that. In the same way, we have Jesus interceding for us by dying on the cross. In a grand cosmic way, Jesus intercedes to the Father, praying for us, reminding him that his death has granted us forgiveness, that we now can receive full forgiveness for everything that we've ever done and everything that we will ever do because he has made the way for forgiveness of sins. So friend, if you are burdened by a secret sin, good news, the cross is where you find forgiveness. If you're burdened by consistent sin, praise the Lord. Your sins have been paid for. The work on the cross is that we can now be receiving forgiveness because of Jesus' death on the cross. But friends, it goes even further because now we who have received forgiveness can extend forgiveness to others. At the same, we remind how much we have been forgiven and how much more we should forgive others. That we should never judge someone as being too far gone outside our forgiveness because it's never outside the forgiveness of God. Brother and sister, thanks be to God for the cross as Christ intercedes for us and gives us forgiveness on his cross because now... Number two, on the cross, Jesus opens the door to eternity with him. On the cross, Jesus opens the door to eternity with him. As Jesus hung on the cross between two criminals, both were deserving death, but Jesus was perfect. It is here that we see that humble faith allows us access to the door that God opens through Jesus for eternity. When we look at this scene, we see the cruelty of, we've already read last week how Barnabas re was released. Jesus is literally hanging on Barnabas's cross in his place. It is here that we see the scene that two other criminals are going to death. 
But it's interestingly, it's interesting that both, though the words were different, pleaded to Jesus for some sort of salvation. It is there that their words were different, and one was saved and one was not. What is the difference? Though their words were different, it almost sounds the same because one man says, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. Where the other says, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. What was the crucial difference between the prayers of these two sinners? Even though both of these men asked for some sort of salvation, the attitudes behind their dying request could hardly have been more different. One, one request was an angry unbelief. The other was of humble belief. One thief was not sure whether it was Jesus was the Christ or not and asked him to prove it. Where the other thief knew Jesus could save him and that if he would just simply be remembered. One thief knew and admitted both of them deserved death, but he didn't. And his beautiful expression of faith, Jesus, remember me when I come into your kingdom. And shock of all shocks, what does Jesus say? Today, you will be with me in paradise. Now friends, we can spend the next Five days straight plumbing the depths of that one sentence understanding the reality of Jesus and what he did in that one sentence both foretelling what he was doing there on the cross but also opening a way for those of us in faith to at the moment of our death will be in the presence of Jesus this amazing declaration sets forth that Jesus opened the door for those who have faith in him and immediately showed that that man who deserved death would be alive with him in eternity. What a turn of events. A man moments away moments away from a different eternity separated from God punished in hell is now a man walking in the presence of God that those of us saved by faith will meet one day all because Jesus said he could come because his faith was in Jesus and who he was James Edwards a Commentator said, for the unrepentant criminal, Jesus must come down from the cross to save. For the penitent criminal, Jesus must remain on the cross and fulfill his divine duty to save. The petition of the penitent criminal is a witness that Jesus' death is not a defeat, but the means of salvation. Friends, Jesus' death on the cross the way for us to live in eternity with him and thankfully the cross of mercy arrived on time for him the criminal I remember about 10 or more years ago 
my father was with our family and they were on some land that my cousin owns and they were talking around kind of the they had gone to this place that has a beautiful overlook to the Blue Ridge Mountains in Virginia and they were looking at the the beautiful scenery and the foliage and and the the place where they were overlooking right at the edge was probably a thousand or more foot drop slate rock straight down to the bottom and if you know if you ever know what that is I mean if that shell I mean just one little chip of that and boy you're sli- I mean, there is no stopping and so uh, they saw it they were talking they were you know talking about okay we're, we're going to maybe put a deer stand here and we're going to do this and they're just kind of talking and unbeknownst to anyone my cousin's son who was young was kind of getting closer and closer to the edge and as he got closer and closer nobody was paying attention and he got you know I mean, us as kids, what do we do? We want to get as close to the danger as possible. We think we're fine, and one little slip, boom. And that's what happened. He started to slide, and just in the moment, my dad saw him and boom, grabbed him. He could have ended his life. He could have been severely damaged, and mercy came right on top. Friends, praise be to God. That mercy has come just on time for us. Through the cross of Jesus Christ. There are so many things that could have happened to us. So many things in our own sin. So many times when we rejected God. That we knew that the mercy of Christ came on time. That he died on the cross for our sins. And the good news is that faith in Jesus saves there is no other way to be saved there is no no way to be good enough there's no way to be right enough there's no way to overcome our sin there's no other way than the way of the cross that Jesus died for us and mercy came right on time for us and friends you may be here today as an invitation of a family member or a friend or again you had been listening online or maybe you're listening online now trying to figure out where you're going to go to church or maybe you're trying to figure out Christianity well here mercy has come in time for you because what I'm talking about is the good news of the gospel that Jesus died to fulfill the prophecy of God to die for our sins and three days later he rose again that the Bible says that the clear and only way to salvation and eternity is through Jesus Christ. And friends, he died for us. Today, I hope that you see mercy has come for you. And I hope that you would just breathe or pray a simple whisper of prayer. That you would repent of your sins. That you would believe that Jesus is God and who he says he is that he died for your particular sin that you're a sinner and that you need him that you pray to him right now the wonderful gift of paradise will be yours too brother sister you may have already received 
the gospel and good news. May we be reminded in this the humility that we must have when we deal with others. Because we have received this wonderful gift and often we look judgingly on everyone around us, especially lost people, and we don't give them an ounce of mercy, the same mercy that we receive. May we have the good news of the gospel because mercy came right on time for us that they can come right on time for them. May we not grow proud or heart haughty but instead in humility love others and share the grace and mercy that we have received because through the cross we have made a way for paradise in him finally on the cross he gave himself for me when we look at these verses of verse 46 through 49 we see a speedy speedy telling really for verse 44 through uh, 49 we see the speedy telling of the events of Jesus death we see that sun's light failed for three hours in the middle of the day Christ had been uh, has been crucified the hour of death has come all of heaven hides its face the sun was said to be the strongest but darkness covers the entire land God gives a sign that something is amiss, something is going on, something miraculous as God tears the curtain in the temple. For those of you not familiar with the Old Testament and, and what happened, the temple was made so that in the most inner sanctum was the, the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, that, that only priests could come a certain time of the year into God's presence to bring sacrifice for the people. God's very presence was said to, believe, to live or, or be in that place, but there the curtain was torn, it said, from the top down imagine this is not of human hand it's 30 feet high there is no sense of physical nature or strength that could do that other than the miraculous work of God and it symbolizes that now the presence of God is open to all of us the tearing of Jesus flesh had torn the curtain between God and man and now all who worship God may be in his presence as priests and then around at three in the afternoon, it says, Jesus said, Father, into your hand I entrust my spirit. Jesus is quoting David in Psalm 31, 5. With your hand I entrust my spirit. You have redeemed me, Lord, God of truth. What is amazing of the difference between what David wrote and what Jesus said was, Father, what a declaration of act of trust. As the Son of God models for us what should be our confession too. As Jesus died in our place for our salvation, Jesus models that his way made open to the Father for us. That in the same way that we can commit ourselves to our loving Father, 
So it was with Christ in the hours of death that he turned his attention to the Father. And the Father who sent him into the world prepared a body for him, ordained that he should suffer and die. The same God is worthy of our commitment, just as Christ. So it should remind us that Christ stood in our place in his death. And his death was complete and made way to God the Father. That no matter our circumstances and what befalls us, let us by God's grace learn to declare, Father, into your hands I entrust my spirit. Because it is in those hands he will never lose us. No one will ever slip through those omnipotent fingers. No one will ever pluck us from his hands. That is the kind of focus the Father that drives and sustains when we know Jesus took our place. So why do we celebrate the cross? Well, there was a small boy. He was flipping through a religious art book, and he came to the picture depicted by an artist of the crucifixion. He stared at it for a long time, he soaked it in, and as his face got sadder and sadder, he finally said, if God were there, he would have never let him do that. But the crucifixion we see, God was there. God was on the cross. God had been sacrificed. That Jesus himself willingly went in our place and when we look at the cross we as believers see a flash of grace the same flash of grace that lives in Simon of Cyrene the, the daughters of Jerusalem the crucifying soldiers the thief, the centurion and thousands and thousands of others since and we conclude what Paul has written about the cross. In 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21, everything is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he was committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ since God is making appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God because he made the one who did not know sin be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Today, brothers and sisters, friends, let us see the beauty of the cross. You cannot ignore it. You must decide what you're going to do about it. Will you be like the centurion and the one who entered paradise, worship Christ as Savior? Or will you reject this beauty? 
The cross has made a way. Through faith in Christ, heaven is opened. Will you come by the cross? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for those who are here that do not know Jesus, but instead, in the cross, see a beautiful picture of love. That the gift of the cross can be had by them through faith in your Son. So I pray for those who maybe are far from God, that they need to trust in the work of the cross for their salvation today. Maybe today it's for a believer who has, who has allowed the world to choke out its passion and understanding of the cross. Or maybe it's for those of us in the gospel to be reminded of the great gift that we received through Jesus. Whatever it is, Lord, do a work in our hearts today. Change us Make us new. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand to your feet and let's declare this same message with our own mouths and bring glory to God through it.
seat and turn your attention to the video. Hey church, you might recognize the person that is sitting next to me. This is my son Liam and we wanted to tell you a story about something pretty cool that happened uh, last week at Gospel to Every Home. So last Saturday, um, we were kind of making plans for the next day on a Sunday, and Liam mentioned to me that he would like to go with me to Gospel to Every Home. When your kid says they want to go with you to share the gospel, you say yes. So Liam, tell me uh, what happened at Gospel to Every Home last week. Well, while my dad was talking to a guy named Don, I was talking to his son, and, ma and my mom told me that I should tell him uh, the three circles. So I told him the three circles, and he said he was going to keep the disc, and he was going to read it every night and have dreams about that happening. <laughs> What's cool about this um, is that I think a lot of people are afraid to share the gospel. They're afraid to go out and gospel to every home. They think they don't know what to say. How did you feel when you were sharing three circles? I felt that he might not listen and say I was wrong or something, but he instead listened very well. So would you say you were you were scared at first to talk to him? A little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, okay. A lot of people are afraid uh, to go out with us. I don't know if you knew that or not. Some people uh, feel like they don't, they're afraid they're not going to know what to say. As you said, sometimes they're afraid that, that um, maybe the person might disagree with what they've said. Or, um, but I, I, I hope that when people hear the story about you sharing, one, I hope that people see that it, it's um, so simple um, that a child can do it, and you did it, and you do it well. I've seen you do it before. Two, um, I think it would be neat 
that um, if more families would go to Gospel to Every Home together, and not, by the way, just to leave your kids uh, in the childcare when we offer it, but actually take your kids with you for several reasons. One, um, having Liam and actually having Wendy with me both helped to kind of bridge the gap with the rest of the family. It diffused the situation, meaning um, it didn't feel like they were afraid to talk to us. It didn't seem weird, right? It seemed natural. You were just talking to another kid your age, and I was just talking to another man my age. It seemed very natural. So I, I, hope, that, um, I hope that we learn from this that, one, sharing the gospel is not hard. Anybody could do it. Uh, and two, the gospel to every home is something that you can bring your whole family to. And actually bringing your children and your spouse and, and going together as a family can actually help you to share the gospel. Pretty cool, don't you think? Liam out. Yeah. <laughs> what a great uh, example and a great reminder that everyone can be a part of gospel every home. And so, uh, as you can see in your bulletin, that there are some special Sundays. We call it All In on Gospel to Every Home Sundays. Uh, they will be coming up April 16th, May 21st, June 11th. We hope that everyone can come be a part, one of the three major teams that we do, uh, going team, praying team, and child care team. We need all three of those. Now, tonight, uh, these next two Sundays, because of uh, different reasons, we're not going to be having uh, gospel to every home, but but every Sunday, other than those those days and a couple more that you see listed in your bulletin, we go out, and you can share just like Liam. Uh, you can bring your family to, to go like uh, uh, the Whitakers did, uh, but we hope that you will come be a part of taking the gospel to every home in our zip code. So uh, pray about being of that when it comes up in the next uh, couple weeks. And we hope that you'll be part of how we reach our community. Uh, speaking of being a part of that, we also want you to be a part of our church. Uh, there's two things that you need to do. Uh, guests, first of all, glad that you're here. Uh, we hope that you felt welcome. We hope that you would come and uh, be part of our church. But the first step for you is to go to the Next Steps desk, which is through the double doors to the left, and bring your Connect card as we have a gift waiting for you. Uh, but if you want to know more about our church and joining our church, we have a new members class that will actually start the Sunday after Easter. We will go for three Sundays uh, from uh, 9 a.m. to 10.15, a little bit earlier than that because I've got to preach and different things. So usually it's 9 to 10. So three Sundays beginning the Sunday after Easter. We do offer child care, and we do hope that you'll be part of this. So today, as you leave, go sign up at the Next Steps desk for the new members class so that you can be a part of Hebron Baptist Church. We want to help you take your next steps in Christ, and we hope that you do this with our church family. A couple other things just quickly that today, as WMU, if you're interested in that, we'd love for you to come be at 3 o'clock for the meeting uh, downstairs as they look how they can reach and mission uh, do serve our community. But also, next Sunday is Easter and so we hope that you would invite someone to bring along with you to, your, to, the, to our Easter service. Uh, this is a great time of year that people know that it's on, on the minds of the community. The, uh, a lot of things remember, remind people of Easter. And so ask them to come so that they can hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, we all celebrate together. And let's pray for a great Sunday together as we celebrate our risen King. At this time, we've worshipped through the word and through uh, the songs. Now we want to worship as we give of our tithes and offerings. Uh, we get to get 
material for gospel to every home we we did the easter egg hunt. let me just say this we had a great turnout for easter egg hunt yesterday thank you for christy and her leadership thank you for all the volunteers we've got people who are going to come to our easter service because of this and that's the reason we do it and so thank you to those who uh, uh gave candy who filled candy who did all the work thank you so much we had a great day uh, here yesterday uh, but because of that because of your giving it helps us to do events like that and so we pray that you would give uh, you can do so by the qr code that's in front of you in the pew or on the screen digitally or in person as they pass the offering plates let's pray heavenly father thank you for this opportunity to give and the opportunity to worship you through what you've given to us so lord be with us as we give multiply it for your kingdom and may it go to support gospel ministries here in northern kentucky and the world in jesus name amen where you go i'll go where you stay i'll stay when you move i'll move i will follow our feet and sing together where you go I'll go where you stay I'll stay when you move I'll move I will follow you you love I'll love how you serve I'll serve in this life I lose I will follow
for the Lord's Supper. Let me just give some opening uh, remarks. We do ask that you, uh, as you take the Lord's Supper, that it's reserved for those who are baptized believers, those who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and have been baptized as believers. And so just help us parents, as maybe some of your kids who have not been baptized, uh, to not partake of this. But also, if you're in church discipline in another church, we'd ask that you not take of the Lord's Supper, but everyone else, we invite you to come to the table as we celebrate and remember what Christ has done. Just quickly, a couple of uh, just some uh, instructions uh, for those of you who might be new. Uh, there are two pull tabs on this. There is a clear uh, uh, with some, I don't know what that is, a cross, I guess, on the top, and then there's a pink one underneath. The clear one, you need to pull back for the bread or the wafer and the pink for the juice so just be careful that uh, you don't pull the pink first because it gets harder so uh, just as a reminder of that the Lord tells us to prepare ourselves uh, that uh, and for, prepare ourselves for the Lord's Supper uh, that we get ourselves uh, and ask for forgiveness so we just ask now in these few moments that we would prepare our hearts I think there's they're trying to get your all right let's pray heavenly father we thank you so much as we prepare our hearts and be prepared for worship we pray as we gather together uh, to remember what christ has done we ask you lord that we know that we are called to remember what you've done. And as the word has revealed to us, may we also be reminding each other as we partake of what you have called us to do. In Jesus' name.